it's Margot Tantow here. Welcome to Windowsill Chats, a podcast for creatives and the creatively curious. I am so glad you're here. I've spent decades working with artists and being one myself. I've spent time in the trenches figuring out the best way to get something made, how to put oneself out there, and how to get your work noticed and pull yourself up and face the next challenge. Windowsill Chats brings you creativity from a global perspective as I talk in depth to friends I've met along the way. I'm here to bring their stories to you as well as a few of my own and see if there's anything you can pull out for yourself. Maybe a laugh, something you can relate to, and definitely a little bit more community for your quiet corner. So grab a cup of tea or coffee, maybe your paint water, a glass of wine, and join me over in my sunny windowsill. everyone. Welcome back to Windowsill Chats. And if it is your first time here with me, welcome. I am thrilled that you found your way. If you're here again, you know I love that. Today, I am talking to someone that I have admired for several years. Her name's Rachel Skidmore, and her company is called Made by Mayberry, and she makes polymer clay earrings, but she's much more than that, which I'll get into. Rachel is someone that has inspired me without knowing it. She is a colorist for sure. She has a crazy awesome sense of color and how to put things together, and Her style and kind of how she does things has really caught my eye over the years. And because of it, I have the logo and the graphics that I have. I think I put this together as we were talking. Oh my gosh, I found my wonderful graphic artist through her as well as the amazing Mackenzie who helps me with the windowsill chats Instagram, which so many of you have commented on. So I did not meet Rachel and well, not in person, but in talking even until we recorded this podcast. And now I consider her a friend and I feel lucky about that. So a little bit more about Rachel. She is a self-taught polymer clay artist and she's based out of Salt Lake City, Utah. Rachel's passion for self-expression, her penchant for artistic creativity and dedication to hard work have been the foundation of her success as a small business owner for over 13 years. But in August 2019, she established Made by Mayberry. While she's widely recognized in the polymer clay community for producing high-quality pieces, her voice of genuine support for inclusivity is what makes her stand out as a creator. And this is something that's you know, by now is very important to me. And I think that's what made her stand out to me as well. A curator of color with a knack for original design and tantalizing patterns, Rachel takes inspiration from all aspects of her life, from her passion for vintage clothing to her love for hiking in the mountains with her family. Rachel has inspired large audiences through her social media presence online and delivered hands-on teaching by hosting intimate classes in person. And you might have seen her on Domestica. You can buy her class there as well. 
the very exciting thing too is she's got a brand new book called Polymer Clay Earrings, The Ultimate Guide to Making Wearable Art Earrings. It's available and I have a link in the bio, but I'm really excited about that because there's all sorts of opportunities to sort of get into Rachel's brain. There's color mixing and that she really talks a lot about that. She talks a lot about how to use the clay, how to cure it, how to add texture, a lot of little things that you don't see every day. I'm going to harp on this. I'm particularly psyched about her color mixing and and how she leans into that. But again, if you want to work with Paula Marclay and you're interested in making earrings, this is the book for you. So anyway, enough about that. Let's get on to this great conversation that I have with Rachel Skidmore. Hi, Rachel. Thanks so much for being here today. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Oh my gosh. I have wanted to talk to you for well, let's just say I've been inspired by you for a really long time. I'm not sure when I first found you, but I have been intrigued by polymer. I mean, you know, artists intrigue me, but specifically polymer, I don't know, I guess during COVID, like the whole thing, it seemed to flourish and it was something that people were doing at home. But your whole approach to creativity to me just has a super fresh angle. And I know I've reposted your quotes several, several times. It's just the most clever, just the most clever thing. So I just would love to hear kind of how you fell on this and what you were doing beforehand. Tell us a little bit about, about Rachel. You got it. Um, so I live in Utah. Uh, I actually went to school for social work and I worked at social work for many years. Um, and then on the side, I just started selling vintage clothing because I've always worn vintage clothing, loved vintage clothing. So I built up a vintage clothing store on the side, sold on Etsy, ended up having a shop in Salt Lake City for a couple of years. And then I had kids and it's so hard to balance everything with kids. I know some people can absolutely have a storefront and have kids. For me, it felt impossible. Um, so I ended up just going online and that helped with my mental health and flexibility with parenthood. Um, so I was working online with Etsy and I just kept seeing all this polymer clay as well. Like you were saying, I think in 2019, just before the pandemic hit, mm-hmm. I started following all these polymer clay artists and I'm like, I want to do this. I have always dabbled in many things. Um, but once I started doing polymer clay, it just kind of stuck. And I thought, oh, I can sell this at markets alongside the vintage clothing. It'll be a great addition. Um, But it just blew up unexpectedly. I had no plans of it being what it is today. So that was exciting. I don't know. It was just interesting. And when the pandemic hit, it really did blow up. Like I made these Tiger King earrings when, do you remember when everyone was at home watching Tiger King? Yes. That's where we started. Yes. Um, those kind of blew up. It was just kind of funny. And and then the quotes as well. That was that was I don't know, just to create more of a voice and um just to connect with people a little bit more, more than just earrings. Um yeah, I don't know. It's it's been a crazy journey and I'm really thankful for it because it's given me a lot of flexibility in my life. I think there's so much to be said for that. And Obviously, I, f- I feel like one of the things, and I, I've mentioned this on here before, but we tend to get pigeonholed by what people see that we do. You know, oh, you're a painter. Oh, you sell vintage clothing. Oh, 
you know, you're a graphic artist, whatever it is. But as creatives, I know personally, I have countless interests. And every day I think, oh, you know, maybe I should try encaustic, you know, like whole new things, you know, that I, that I'd like to try. And permission is a really good, good and important thing to give ourselves and how whatever we're doing fits in with our life. So the fact that you thought, nope, not a good time for a storefront. Maybe I'll play around with this. And then it turned into something we don't necessarily, we never almost ever plan what's going to be a hit. And I've been, worked with a lot of people that would sit around and say, what's going to be the next, you know, X, Y, Z thing that's going to hit. And you just have to do what you love. I mean, not to be completely Pollyanna, but often if you're excited about something and you throw something fun out there, like the Tiger King earrings, that's when you're not taking it seriously. So then other people are thinking, oh, wow, that's super fun. I'd like a, a little bit of that in my life. Yeah. And I, I feel like you're, for at least for this chapter for you, I looked at it, your sense of color is amazing. Um, and the quotes, so I'll describe them, but like, tell me, like, after I do, tell me a little bit more how that came to be. So you you videoed, no, maybe it was just a picture in the beginning, like the, a rolled out slab of beautiful color of polymer clay. And then you use letter stamps to print in a very relevant quote that people could relate to. And there's all these bits and pieces around it and wonderful color. And there it is in the middle of your feed with all earrings on either side. So it, to me, it really stood out. It showed kind of more about you. And I just was really, I really connected there with those and with your very um, clean shapes. You're, you're very talented at being repetitive in, in not a repetitive way, in, in a creative way. So in a way that I think you have to be if you, if you're making things time after time after time. So you figured out some, some great ways to keep going forward. It seems like. Thank you. Yeah. I think it's, it's good to have, um, I guess products that are recognizable, but still fresh and that can't be a challenge, but thank you for saying that. I, I appreciate that. Um, and with the clay quotes, I think it started in the summer of 2020. Um, there was just so much going on in the world, you know, like, like always, there's so much going on right now. And I just felt it just, it feels hard to post about earrings when it feels like the world is, is burning down. Right. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I wanted to express some things, um, and still have it be, relatable to what I was doing. So that was a way for me to show up and talk about things. Um, and I feel like it's, it's also like clay, like clay is moldable. Clay is something that changes and grows. And so do we. And I just felt like this connection to clay, that sounds so cheesy, but it's like, we are yeah, clay, though. right? <laughs> yeah. I, I love that. And I think that's one of the things that's maybe given you the longevity that you have in this medium and in the styles, because it wasn't just like, oh, I like this thing. I'm going to start making earrings. It was, it was, you brought yourself to it in, in what felt like a different way. Thank you. I really do appreciate that. And I think it is hard to balance that when you're an artist or when you're on social media to be like, okay, well, I'm here, but how am I here? What role am I really portraying today? And I think it changes every day too. It, it's a hard balance for sure. It really is. And I, I love that you brought that up too, because 
we're told so many times, oh, it should look like this. Your feed should look like this. You should put yourself out there in this way. And it's almost like if we could have a post-it note of a reminder, like, who are you in this? You know, are you able to um, kind of show up as you want to? Is it feeling right for you? Um, and if if not, is there something that can be, you know, added that that is? And and I don't know. That's that's just a kind of an interesting thought to ponder. I think because we all are see so many things come by us every day, and how how can we be ourselves in that? Absolutely. Especially when you're trying to just have a business and, and often the creativity gets buried in that case. Absolutely. And I think sometimes, um, you know, sometimes you have to operate in that way too. Sometimes like when so much is going on with my family or in the home, I'm like, this is a business. I I'm just going to post and it's just going to be, you know, this is all it is today. Right. This is all I can give. Um, and then other times I have so much that I'm like, oh, I want to share this process or I want to share what's going on in my life. And I think it just, it changes. And the point is, is to show up and to try and be authentic. Yeah. Well, I think you do. And, and I think too, you seem to be someone that's not, you put others first. You, I feel like you're, you're generous in your, um, collaborations and just, you seem like a very thoughtful person. And I, I think sometimes it's hard to show up when we don't want to put ourselves first necessarily, when you don't want to say, Oh, here, look at me. That makes it very tricky. I totally agree. Cause I, I feel like I don't show my face a lot on there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Something I'm working on. Um, and people are like, how do you do it when you, you know, don't show your face so much. And I'm, I'm like, I don't know. I feel like I, I don't know. I have to think about that one because I do feel like I share my voice a lot, but not really my face. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I think but maybe that's okay too. I mean, that kind of goes back to how is it comfortable for you? Mm-hmm. Yes, it's, yes, I love seeing somebody's face on their feed, but it doesn't, I don't know. I'm happy scrolling back several scrolls to see, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. it's that comfort level. It really is. I don't know. Maybe there's things that portray you like the quotes that, that don't. I, I just so think we should lean into what feels right for us. I agree. I agree. I mean, and sometimes the stretch is good, but yeah, we get to decide what that looks like, I think. Absolutely. And opportunities definitely present themselves, like the domestic course. Um, that was going to be my next question. How did that oh, come really? to be? Yeah. <laughs> I saw you on there and it was one, you know, I see the domestica classes come by and they're so great and lovely and I'm tempted, tempted, tempted. But then it was like, what? <laughs> Made by Mayberry. I'm, I'm in. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> um, that was something way, way, way out of my comfort zone. I'm not going to lie. Oh. Um, they approached me and it was just a good opportunity and I knew I wanted to do it. I questioned whether I was capable to be sure. honest. Yeah. Versus my own expectations of myself. Um, yeah. And it, it was a challenge. I'm not going to lie. Uh, like writing it and preparing it. That's all fine. Um, I love what I do. I'm passionate about it. I'll research things. I'll write things. Um, but then going to New York and having it filmed, you are in front of um, a team of four and there's like four or five cameras on you for three days straight and you are, 
trying to remember your lines and trying to act natural. And the first day I remember just trying to um, remember my lines and they would just tell me a line and I just had to repeat it back. That's it. Very simple. But I have social anxiety and generalized anxiety and ADHD. And for the life of me, they would say it and it would just poof, gone out of my head. And I could feel my face getting red. I could feel my eyes tearing up and like, okay, I just need to run to the bathroom really quick. And I just had to breathe and tell myself, this is new. It's okay. Um, But for a moment there, I was like, what did I get myself into? Why did I sign up for this? Why did I think I could do this? And there's just these moments where you have such self-doubt. But I'm proud of myself for pushing through. We did it for three days. At the end of the third day, I was like, that wasn't that bad. Um, (laughs) Definitely something to be proud of, for sure. Especially when with those kind of personal challenges that so many of us have, I, I can't, I'm just hearing you describe that. I'm just thinking about, oh my gosh, I could totally feel like my throat tighten and my eyes, you know, would well up. And what if, how did you, you, you're there, you're in the bathroom, like saying, I have to go back there. I have (laughs) to go back and figure it out. And that when we are in those situations, you have to be so dang proud of yourself for, for figuring it out and working through it. I, I think it's, um, it doesn't I mean, come it, across either. It comes across as confident and lovely and a beautiful course. And <laughs> I just Magic love this editing. human angle. You know, I think so many people are probably going, Oh my gosh. I, it's so helpful to hear that. It's, I mean, yeah, we are human. And I think, um, that evening I was texting some of my friends. Um, and I'm like, I am totally freaking out. I, I had a really hard day and there were so many people that just came and said, you know, it's, it's okay to freak out. It's okay. This is the first thing, like, this is your first time doing this thing. Um, they brought up, uh, Brene Brown's FFTs. Have you mm-hmm. heard yeah. of those? Yes. And that was really comforting. Oh, so helpful. It really was. And just knowing I just had to show up, I just had to show up as I was and we got through it and it really did get better and it got easier. And, um, I actually, actually reached out to them again and said, Hey, would, would you want to do a second course? So that's a possibility. So, I mean, it could have been that bad, right? Yeah. Right. (laughs) Oh, good for you. And yeah, you, you achieved some goals for yourself probably with that. You might not have even known you had. Yeah. Definitely. It's, I didn't, I didn't think it was going to be that bad, but being in front of those cameras really um, set off a lot of anxieties and being able to work through that. Um, well, I, was I, wonderful. I think when you're, when you have a line to say, I've done, I've done something similar. I have a course. Usually when I'm in front of a, when I'm recording something for my Patreon or whatever it is, I'm just talking, you know, I don't, I'm not a script person. They, that doesn't work well for me because I can't focus on it, like you were saying. And I I recorded a, a very meaty course and I had to write it all first, which I could do. And then they really wanted me to basically go from the script. And I just was like, what? I have never been a good memorizer. My brain just doesn't work that way. Oh my gosh. It was 
I just thought, how am I going to do that? And then having all those people you don't know and cameras and, oh, how great to have those friends that you can could lean on after a day, a long day. Absolutely. I think having a, a group of women that I could lean on is, has been a tremendous help in my life, both business-wise and, and personally. I, I think you need people to lean on for sure for, for success. Too. I do too. And I think, you know, certainly our communities, there's friends there and the, this creative realm we're in, it brings us such good people. You know, I think there's so many of us going through similar yet very different things that we can kind of relate to the, the growing pains and the, the hurdles and support each other through that, which I am very grateful for. Me too. Did you ever paint or do anything else like like that? How, what other kind of creative <clears throat> ventures do you love to do? Um, yeah. I mean, from when I was young, I have always loved drawing and painting and um, I've always wanted to be an artist. Like I have my second grade. Uh, I have a book from second grade where everyone has drawn things oh, and wow. mine's in there. And my teacher was like, oh, you're just so good. I want you to have this. You can keep it. Um, you know, when people are like, oh, you're going to be an artist, you're going to be an artist or whatever. And you're like, oh, yeah. I want to be an artist. But then you're so nervous because you're like, well, can I live up to people's expectations? Um, and I think I was too scared to pursue it in college. Mm -hmm. I did social work, which is another one of my passions. Um, so it's interesting to me that life kind of led me back here. And this is more of a textile art, but it's in the field of art. And yeah. I don't know. It's just funny how life works like that. Yeah. I wish I could show you that book. I'll have to dig it up. Oh, I know you will. I'd love to. I love things like that. You know, we all have those. Well, we don't all, but many of us who are doing things creative, remember, you know, somebody said something to us or your grandmother or your mom or somebody saved a favorite thing. It's, yeah. you know, it's kind of remarkable if you can look back as to, as to the paths we've been on and how, how it all comes together. Absolutely. It really it's very, is. It's very detail oriented. Like the picture is very, very detail oriented, like shoes and shoelaces and this jungle wow. gym stuff. Um, and I'm like, yeah, I'm a very detail oriented person. And I think that also has to do with the anxiety and the ADHD. And um, I think mental health is a big part of my journey. And I think that it's one of the biggest obstacles, but also one of the things that has made me who I am and is like my superpower too. Yeah. Because with ADHD, there comes so many good things too. Uh, I think the hard part is navigating a world that doesn't, that isn't set up for people with ADHD, if yeah. that makes sense. It is. I think it's one of those things that if you can't, you can't see somebody, you know, limping or, you know, with a big cast on or with, you know, it's, but it's so, it so permeates how you just walk through, how any of us walk through the world with something that's, that's not visible, but so such a daily challenge, you know, or call it a challenge, call it a gift. You know, it's, there's a lot of great words for it. it yeah, it is both. And I think that talking about it, having people you can talk to. And I'm, I love that in the world today, it's, we're embracing it. You know, it, I, growing up, I always, I remember certain 
it was only the hyper boys, right? And they were mm-hmm. called out and it was never, it's just, there's so many facets to what makes us who we are. And I think creative kids, I have, I have a 15 year old and he's a creative kid and he's, I, I'm learning every day because he is multifaceted and I, and there's no guidebook for any kid, any of us. But when you add to it, you know, he's got some OCD and Anyway, it just, I think it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And it, it, when you can channel it into something that's really working for you, like your attention to detail, I can tell you could never make the earrings you make, like those hoops over and over again that are so perfect without massive attention to detail. So to me, that's a huge gift. You're working with what you have. And to you, it might feel like a hurdle, but to somebody else, it might feel like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad she's a person that can, has an attention to detail because look at these gorgeous things that I can, you know, count on. Absolutely. And I, I just think it's interesting um, that there's a stat on ADHD. Let me see if I can find it really quick. I did a reels on it and a lot of people related to it. Um, so adults with ADHD are 300% more likely to start their own businesses, according to a study done in 2005 from Media for Your Mind. So I thought that was really interesting. And I wanted to explore more as to why. And it has to do with, you know, hyperfixation and people with ADHD are, have this common trait of being creative. Mm-hmm. Like if you're a woman with ADHD or, or a man, if you can remember back to when you were in elementary school or high school or whatever, a lot of people doodle a lot to focus, you know, you have to like move your hands to focus. Um, So I definitely did that drawing all over all my papers, Um, (laughs) which is great. I mean, we got so much practice, right? We did. I wasn't necessarily ever good at algebra, but my papers were full of doodles. Beautiful. (laughs) Uh, there's just so many common traits that are really beneficial for entrepreneurs, um, like impulsivity. That's something I go with. Like a couple of weeks ago, I adopted three elderly dogs from our, or not adopted, fostered from okay. our local shelter. That oh. was pretty impulsive. My husband came home. He's like, uh, you okay? You're going through something here? <laughs> I'm like, yes, actually, but um, I could do worse things. So it's yeah. <laughs> <is> okay. <laughs> oh, I love that. And, but then at the same time, like when I opened my shop, that was kind of impulsive in Salt Lake. I'm like, looked for a spot, signed it, came home, said, Chase, I'm opening a shop. He's like, oh, we didn't talk about it. I'm like, mm, no, it's just something I want to do. I'd love your support. And I just did it. Um, awesome. So I think you have to be a risk taker, I think, with small business and with yeah. being an artist because it's so up and down and unpredictable and you have to take risks and you have to gamble on yourself and it's absolutely scary, but it is wired in me. And <laughs> I love that. Both I good love and bad. So much. 300% more likely. That's Wild. incredible. And I can totally rate, relate to the just doing it. I certainly have started way more than one business that way. And I'll be in conversations with people I work with or very linear thinkers who I just, to me, the way to have a really delicious, interesting business is to try things, is to throw things at the wall, is to not overthink it, is to just do it. And there's different levels of that for sure. But when you've got a linear thinker kind of at the helm of a small company, 
you're not going to try things as much as quickly. And granted, there's all sorts of reasons that that's fantastic. I think the best combo is is a combination. You know, somebody who's thinking about the details and somebody who's trying, who's stretching. That works very well. <laughs> but you know, get, get you have to give those of us that are idea people that kind of birth, wide birth, because good things come of it. It's it would be really interesting to go back with the information on like what great artists or what great businesses were started by people with ADHD or that were just, that just didn't have a business plan or, you know, you could probably guess most of them. Yes. No, I, um, I don't know if I wrote that down. Okay. So some people with ADHD, Bill Gates, Walt Disney, Jim Mm -hmm. Carrey, uh, I don't know. I could look more up, but yeah, I, I, I just think it's interesting. I do too. I think, I think what is important is to the embracing it, you know, and, and it's, there's nothing bad about it. I mean, sometimes it could get in the way of our, of things we're trying to do and and it makes it harder, but it's a, it's a gift, you know, it's a lucky gift. And it's, it's like my whole life, I kind of just managed it. And I think I grew up in a time when, you know, it wasn't as common to go to therapy and, and address mental health issues. And it was a little bit more taboo to talk about or whatnot, or had more of a stigma. I think nowadays it's um, easier to talk to and get help. And there's less of a stigma, which I appreciate. But growing up, I've always had to make lists. Um, I have to set timers and reminders on my phone. I could not live without my phone. I've got like a little timer and I'll write down what I need to do and how much time I can spend on it. So I've always managed my ADHD Um, But then having kids and having a family and having business um, and kids with ADHD, I, I felt like, okay, I need more help. So I Mm. have, I'm going to therapy. I'm currently on medication. I'm helping my kids like they're in therapy. Um, So I think it is manageable. Absolutely. But I think sometimes or a lot of times just therapy and medication do wonders. So, yeah, I think it's that. Again, it's the saying, oh, yeah, what's going to work for me? What's going to help me walk through my days in a way that I feel like things are working better? And so if those are some of the ways to do it, like, absolutely such a good idea. We're in a time when it's so much more, it's almost like a cause celebre, you know, it's, it's, it's like, let's, let's figure it out. Let's, let's get together. Let's talk about it. Let's be out loud about it. Let's, you know, print t-shirts about it, whatever it is, you know? (laughs) I'm really glad about that. Me too. There's just more space for people to talk about it and to like, there's a lot of moms in the neighborhood where we talk about the struggles of our kids or ourselves with parenting and motherhood. And it's just nice to be able to breathe and to be able to talk about things and be real and problem solve and learn from each other's experience as well. It's it's such a relief. It really is. I I would never want to go it alone, you know? And I think living in a place where you feel like you have community. And if you don't live in a place where you have community, finding it online, you know, people you can reach out to is, I don't know, keeps us going. Mm -hmm. Keeps us somewhat sane. Yeah. I love that you referred to, because it's absolutely true, what you do as a textile process, because it really is. I mean, you're, you're creating pattern, it's flat, you're cutting, you're 
cutting things out. You have to have patterns to make these things. I just think that's such a great way to look at it. I think the first person that really stood out to me just because of her crazy wacky videos was Polly Collective in Australia. And this was, I think, I hadn't found you yet, but it was right when kind of polymer clay was showing up for me a lot of places. And you, I didn't know where to get the cutters. And I would go to Michael's and stand there and look at those colors and think, I want them all and I don't want any, you know, am I going to play with this or not? And um, just so many ways to do it. But so she, she was a bright, fun person. But to me, the, the work that you make, the jewelry that you make is just my favorite. It's so lovely. And again, your color sense. And I, I do want to mention your color. You've done a couple of really great collaborations. When I was at Alt Summit this year, I was sitting next to Rachel from Banyan Tree and she said, oh, I said, what do you do? And said, oh, I, I paint murals. I have this company called Banyan Tree. I was like, Banyan Tree? <laughs> you work with Rachel at Made by Mayberry. She's like, yeah, we're about to do a, another collaboration. So that was, you know, I felt like, oh, famous in my own little world. So no, she's she's wonderful. I love her work. It's so aesthetically pleasing, just all the colors and the lines. She's amazing at what she does. She um, does. And, and, and how did you think to collaborate? Because that's a, you know, she paints huge, giant things. Of course, there's pattern and color in it. But how did how did that kind of come along for you, the collaboration part of what you do? So I connected with her through my vintage Instagram, funny enough. She was just starting out and she was doing these murals in her home. And so I featured her on my vintage Instagram page, which is still up, but it's, it's kind of neglected at this point. Um, What's it it called? The vintage one. Um, Mayberry vintage. So it's M-A-E-E-R-Y underscore vintage on Instagram. And um, I still do vintage clothing locally at markets, but not online because I can't keep up with both. Yeah. Um, I love vintage. I'll always love vintage. It'll always be a part of my wardrobe and my home and love I'll always thrift. Can't go Same. past the thrift without no. stopping. Um, be a deal in there. I know, right? I got to find the treasure. Uh, so we connected there. And then I have always been someone who loves um, connecting the dots or just collaborating or like I see how this can fit with this. Um, and that came in handy with social work, just connecting resources. And it's come in handy with, um, with earrings as well. I just feel like when you have someone who you vibe with, um, there's definitely possibilities and it's worth exploring. And I was so excited that she said, yes, I love her colors. And I think it's fun to bring art into a wearable form. Um, I'd love to approach, approach more artists, and make their art into just wearable collections. Uh, It's just fun. It's just fun to be connected to someone you admire on this level and be able to bring a little piece of their art into your own wardrobe. Well, it's such a cool way to do it because to me, you know, you're already working with great color, but to be inspired by someone else's work and to say, because they're never going to probably do something like you are. So it's working together with color and shape and materials. I love that idea. I have a feeling you might hear from a few people after this. Oh, I would love that. Yes, please do. (laughs) Oh, I can't wait to see what comes of that. I love that idea. You know, I'm always trying to figure out, I'm a product development person, so I'm constantly thinking product of, of any, you know, in any realm. And but not having my own product line 
um, right now I have had, but not, you know, I, how cool to have, um, have something you could actually say, no, let's collaborate and do this thing. That's exciting. So you have another, you have another big thing that's just about to be out. Probably by the time this is on air, we'll be able to get your book. So tell us a little bit about that and how all that came to be. Cause I'm so excited. Oh, I'm excited too. It, it almost feels real. It still doesn't feel quite real, but it almost feels real. Um, you held it in your hands. Yes. I've held it in my hands and it's beautiful. I, I'm really excited about how it, how it came to be. I was approached last spring about a book and it was similar feelings with Domestica. I want to do this. Can I do this? And I think it's just one of those things where you just, you just have to rise to the occasion. You just have to, you have to get there. And so, um, you know, we worked out the details and by the time the end of May came, they're like, okay, we just, we need the pictures and the text by the end of August or by the start of August. And I was like, holy cow. Okay. Because I was planning on kind of taking it easy over the summer with two little kids. I'm like, yes. oh, well, we'll take it easy and chill. But that the was book not, is not taking it easy. No, no, it is not. It was a full-time job last summer. And luckily my friend Mackenzie, who's a social media expert and photographer and just a wonderful human being all around, she was able to uh, f- photograph the book for me every Thursday. So she is two girls that are the same age as, as my two boys. So our kids would play, we would take pictures. It would be a little nuts, definitely too hot. Um, but we got it done every Thursday for four hours. We would take pictures of three sections of the book. So every week I would write three sections. I would make a product and then also prepare uh, everything to be photographed. It was, it was a lot. A lot of, you know, 2 a.m., 3 a.m. nights. It was a lot of figuring out these techniques because it was like I had had to to tell them to other people. You have to explain them. How do you put it into words? How do you make it um, as simple and easy as possible? Uh, Because they wanted, you know, 8 to 12 steps per project. So it, it was a lot. And I'm just really grateful I had the support from Mackenzie and from my husband who took my boys on a lot of weekend trips, camping and whatnot. <laughs> oh, that's so great. Now, she came out for two weeks to watch my kids and yeah. I can't imagine. I mean, first of all, being reached out to and and a book sounds great, right? It's like, oh my gosh, that's fun. That's interesting. I do think this book is going to have a really long shelf life because there's yeah. not there's just nothing out there like this. You know, if you want to learn how to do this, kind of have to go online. You kind of have to dig around on YouTube or you can go to your Domestica class, but to have something, cause it's hard to figure this out. At least it was for me. And I have clay I'll send you because I never ended up doing anything with it. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Cutters, clay, all the things. But, um, I love the fact that it's so, it's so your voice, obviously, but I just think it's delicious. It's like your favorite cookbook. You know, I can't wait for this to get into people's hands. And that's the thing. There, there are, um, there are books out there, but each person has their own unique voice and there are 
so many techniques and so many styles with polymer clay. It's insane. So I think finding one that you connect with and that really inspires you is is important. And honestly, I've got like a shelf of of books and anytime there's a polymer clay book, I'll yeah. I'll buy it because each person I'm... brings their own thing. Well, and you know, I remember, oh gosh, it was probably the 90s, early 90s. Um, my mom and I had a store and the, there were polymer clay artists, very, very elaborate um, canes, you know, with pictures in them and very much more elaborate than I think this this round has been. This this is much more me the way we're doing it now. But I remember definitely having a book then just because I was like, what? This is blowing my mind how these things are made and the intricacy involved. And I just love that it's evolved. And your I don't know. I feel like your your style in general is full immersion and your book and the colorfulness of it. And it just, it, it's delicious is, is what it is. So I'm, I'm hoping to love it. Um, oh, visually it is, it is colorful because I love color. Yeah. <laughs> we have to live colorfully. I'm sure you've seen things where the stats of the world is getting less and less color in terms of you know, home decor, wardrobe, um, minimalistic designs, edges, everything. So, um, color is just life. It, it makes me so happy to see. I think it's important that we bring, bring color back into the world, whether it's our wardrobe or home, whatever it is, our earrings, you're going to wear all black, at least wear a statement earring, you know? I agree. (laughs) You know, when COVID first started and maybe this is kind of how I got into it, I, we were at Zoom all the time. That's that's what I still do, Zoom all the time. But in the beginning of COVID, when we weren't going anywhere, I thought, what can I do? So for me, it was bright, colorful, big polymer clay earrings. And it was really fun to kind of start that collection then because they were really happening and people would be like, which ones are you going to wear today? You know, it's just kind of a fun way to do it. And if you could see Rachel now, she's got, I have a pair like that too. They're gorgeous. There's several colors. They have movement, but they're not all the same. And yeah, you, you live your work, which is fantastic. Oh, thank you. So you were approached by somebody, were you dreaming about a book before that happened or did it just evolve? I mean, yeah, they approached me. They found me through Instagram. And so I do feel really fortunate that I was approached by someone. I don't know if I would have sought that out had I not been approached I just I couldn't say no to an opportunity like that I feel like if someone sees something in you that maybe you didn't see in yourself it's it's worth exploring yeah and I thought okay if they have confidence in me then then why not so I don't know my my great grandma was a writer um I have a lot of people in my family who are educators and very intelligent individuals and I don't know, I just, it just made me proud yeah. or I, it was something that I was like, oh, if I can say I'm an author, that would just be so amazing. I, it would bring me so much joy. And I know it's not something that is, you know, like a chapter book or a memoir or something like that, but it is a book. And it is absolutely it, representative of, it. Yeah, of your life and what you're doing. <laughs> Yes. And I feel like it is within my wheelhouse. I don't know if I could write a chapter book or anything like that, but a how-to book that that's something I felt capable of. And I'm really excited about how it turned out. I think it's, 
visually very beautiful. Um, the design work, I'm really happy with the design work. I worked with a friend who did some graphics in there as well, like um, a flow chart of how to pick a color, color palette right. and other things like that. If I had started out with something like this, it would have been so helpful. Like you were saying in the pandemic, it kind of blew up. I feel like Palmer Clay blows up every 10, 20 years into just something, something different. And it kind of just blew up during the pandemic. And you're trying to figure out what clays work, where do you get cutters? What are the best findings? How do you mix colors? There's just all these questions and you can go out and find it. Uh, but I put everything that you need to start out and be successful and to make quality items into a book. And I'm really, really happy with how it turned out. And I hope you love it. Uh, <laughs> yay. Oh my gosh. So yes, it is called Polymer Clay Jewelry, The Ultimate Guide to Making Wearable Art Earrings by Rachel Skidmore. And it is. Mouthful. <laughs> it is. So what's its official launch date? Um, May 23rd. So I believe. Okay, so yeah. So it's, it's now basically. So mm -hmm. it's out. It's available when this, when, when you're listening to this. So go check it out. It's very exciting. I, I can't wait. And a little bit about something that I think really helps. I've I've done one book. It was for someone else. But it's having a good team. You know, a photographer, a graphic artist, if you're not, you know, doing all that yourself. Writers, if you're not doing that yourself. But if you don't have that, it's really not going to happen. And I love that you and Mackenzie got to put your head together in that way. Because I think, what a fun project. And when it was over, you probably thought, oh my gosh, what am I going to do with my thursdays now <laughs> yeah we've talked about this summer i'm like we still need to get together once a week it was it was so fun to connect and have our kids connect and maybe yeah, a little yeah. less stressful maybe more food yeah more food. a little pool time <laughs> yes. just a little trivia for those of you listening though um so i was following along i i love made by mayberry instagram it's one that i go to often so i'm always looking at what rachel's doing or often i'm like I said, those quotes are my favorite. So it was a late night kind of scroll and you had, I think there was a video of you guys filming and taking pictures of the book. And I was just like, oh my gosh, that looks so fun. I love that so much. Styling is, is one of my favorite things. And you tagged Mackenzie and I thought, who's this? And, you know, I'm always going down the rabbit holes and looking at what people do. And so I went and thought, well, she looks cool. And she is involved in a couple of other businesses that I follow. And she just looked really cool. She had, I remember she had some courses that you could sign up to, to kind of figure out how to do your social media better. And what I thought about Mackenzie when I saw this through you was that she was an idea person. She was doing it differently than anybody else. And I thought, wow, she's working with you and she's kind of putting out that kind of energy. Um, I want to know more about her. So I was thick in COVID making irrational decisions. Some irrational decisions are good. So I reached out to her in the absolute, like two in the morning. I mean, you know, on Instagram. And uh, so those of you listening and who follow windowsill chats, the windowsill chats, Instagram is run by Mackenzie. So that is a full circle moment. So thank you, Rachel, for for helping me find that beautiful mastermind that she is. Oh, I'm so glad. I feel like the creative world is is 
a tight knit community and it's nice to connect with other people who, who you vibe with. Mackenzie's just one of those people who, I don't know, she's just wonderful. And you just feel at home with her. As soon as you meet her, you're like, Oh, she just has that vibe of we've been friends for years. I know she's a good one. Another person that I don't think I found through you, but I might have is my logo for the, for windowsill chats and everything else, which was done many years ago now was done by Ike studio. Yeah. She did my branding. Yeah. So that's another thing we have in common. So we obviously have similar tastes when it comes to creative, creative help, creative wonderkins that we can share. So find your people and, and, you know, make good things happen together. Agreed. I love that. So what's, what do you think is coming up for you? You've done the book, you hopefully another domestica course, but what's, what's exciting you for the next six months to a year? Oh man, that is something I did not prepare to answer. (laughs) (laughs) Off the cuff. I'm, I'm definitely more live in the moment. Um, Mm -hmm. take it day by day. I am not a business plan kind of person either. Me neither. That's why we need Mackenzie's in our lives. Yeah. <laughs> um, honestly, this past year, the last year was a lot about mental health and figuring that out for me and my family. And I feel like it's pretty good. And then this year, it's been a lot about like physical health. And I think that really helps mental health. So yeah. I feel like a lot of personal things are on my lot la- are in my just at the top of my brain, if that makes sense. It does. I'm very much right there with you. It's it's um it's kind of it needs to take priority when when it when it shows up you know it's like okay physical health mental health they go together creativity comes from that because you create a, a larger space for it so i love saying that stuff out loud and that you are too because i think um i don't know for me covid put a big old damper on all that yeah that was rough that was yeah, rough it was really rough and i and I find, or I should say, do you find that embracing that, certainly when, you, when you're involving your family, right? Because now there's kids and you're thinking, okay, I can, I'm just figuring out myself still always. So what do I do with this? And it just, when there's other people involved, it just cracks it wide open. And what I think is kind of a magical way that both forces you and gifts you with the opportunity to go forward in a way you might not have otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. It's, um, yeah, I think it all just kind of plays into each other, like the mental health, the physical health. And for me, having a creative outlet like this, this that's also a business is interesting because it this is like my, another form of therapy is creating, yeah. right? Working with my hands, getting lost in making. I can spend like, if people left me alone in my office, I'd be in there for like 12 hours and they would just disappear. And then all of a sudden it'd be like two in the morning and I'd be like, where am I? I haven't eaten today. Um, so, I mean, I love that I can get lost in it and it's also a business. And so just trying to balance all of it has been an interesting thing. But the one thing I'm just so grateful for is the flexibility. So I just, you know, work, when I can, I don't know. Yeah. People are like, do you have a schedule? I'm like, no, I thrive in chaos. My life yeah. is chaos. <laughs> and a part of me wishes that I did have a schedule. And maybe when my son goes to kindergarten, my youngest next year, I can have more of a schedule. But right now, I don't know if I believe in balance. I just believe in um, being flexible and doing what you can and 
knowing your priorities. And for me, it's definitely like family and mental health and then doing my creative outlet, which is also my business in the in-between. I don't know if I'm doing this right. I don't know if that works for everyone, but it works for me. It's like, what's right? You know, you're doing it in the way that works for you. And that's, that's, that is right. I did want to, I didn't ask you this and I should, cause I bet people will be curious. Um, when it came, when you realized you had a business, uh-huh. like, oh my gosh, I have a business and people, you know, I made 14 of those and they all sold and 400 more people want them. Like, what did scaling look like for you? How did you figure out like how to, how to make it into something that, felt less stressful, you know, like, okay, I can make these hoops. I can do these things. I can, I can put pre-orders on the site. Was that a challenge or did it kind of fall into place for you? So that That's definitely still a challenge for me. Um, I do have friends and neighbors that um, are awesome and flexible. And I do a restock once a month. And when I'm like, oh man, I really need to get these packages out. I can call a friend and they'll come work with me um, nice. for a few hours. So I have friends that I I pay to help me during the busy season, but something I know about myself and with, you know, the ebbs and flows of, of mental health is um, having a long-term and consistent employee is really hard for me. I struggle with, with my own schedule and just thinking about having someone else that I'm responsible for really stresses me out. I'm not going to lie. It gives me a lot of anxiety. Yeah. I like working for myself and by myself. So scaling is hard and I have to, there's a struggle of like, Oh, do I want to grow bigger? Um, the need is there, but what, what can I do? And I think I have to say for me, I've had to come to terms with it's okay not to, do all these crazy things. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like my grandpa will be like, well, what's next? What are you doing next? How are you growing your business? So I'm like, yeah. good. You know, yeah. like I really like where I'm at and I like working yeah. when I can and I like creating what I want and I like not having to be anywhere and not being responsible for anyone else. And yeah. Well, then it, it's keeping it in the parameters that are important to you too. It is that flexibility. I know I've said that so much. That's probably my number one thing is is having flexibility because some days, like I just, to be honest, like I can't get out of bed and I can't do anything. Yeah. So it's like, how would that work if someone was depending yeah. on me? Yeah. And if I had a nine to five job, that wouldn't really work. And so you've made something that really fits for you. And I think that's such a good takeaway because when we do lean into, oh, I want to start this business or write this book or film this film or whatever it is. I think that comes with preconceived, I then then I have to do these things. And I think if we put a big post-it note or stamp it in polymer, whatever it is, like you be you, you know, do it. If it's not working, leave that part behind. Mm-hmm. And then this beautiful thing emerges that's just yours. And it's and it makes it brings so much joy to the rest of us. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It yes, really I'm does. thankful for where I'm at and and where this business has been able to to take me and my dreams and, and what it's given my family, because it has been um, really, it's been good financially. And that's huge for us. You know, it's like, I, okay, my son, my boys can take music lessons and they take art and they're going to do, you know, um, coding camps this summer. Like 
it's nice to have that flexibility to invest in my kids and then in my own as well. I, I feel really grateful for the opportunities that it's given me to, I don't know, increase the quality of life for me and my family. Yeah. And I'm just going to remind you, it's because you showed up as you. Well, thank I'm you. Remind, well, I don't know if I'm reminding you, you, <laughs> you know that, but I'm reminding the listener. It's Rachel showed up as Rachel. So you all show up as yourselves. And sometimes that's the hardest thing to do. I, I have a new word for the year. It came up yesterday with somebody I work with and I, I've, I'm good. I love helping other people grow, but you know, when you look at yourself, there's vul- it, there's so much vulnerability there. And so you have to find a place where you can hold that. And um, yeah, so I appreciate this conversation too, because I'm working on that. I'm working on the vulnerability part and so much easier to shove it away somewhere, you know? <laughs> but then where do you get? Nowhere. Because right? it's oh, shoved no. away somewhere. Classic overshare. Don't ask if you don't want to know. That's my rule. <laughs> I love it. Speaking of which, tell me who's inspiring you these days. Um, let's see. So I, I've always adored Lisa Congdon. Am I saying her name right? You are. Hey, wonderful. <laughs> I'm one of those people who always pronounces everything wrong. Like Michael Scott from the office. <laughs> so bad. There's so much charm in that. <laughs> no, you said it right. I've only read it and not said it out loud. I'll probably say it wrong. Um, I really adore her because she's someone who developed her artist side later. And she also just, I just love her voice. Like she's so powerful and so authentic and she cares about social issues. And I relate to her a lot in her view of the world and social issues. And I love that she just, she shows up and she says it and I think she's she's bold and a be- like a wonderful artist and I have many of her books and I I read them when I can. I'm more of a listener, yeah. I guess yeah. you could say. With kids and creating, it's like if I'm creating I'll listen to podcasts and and audiobooks. Um but I still like having the physical copies of these books. Uh so I can go back and highlight and whatnot, but I, I just adore everything about her. I think she's an incredible human being and she's so real. She really is. And she, she wears it on her sleeve. You know, she, she'll have a challenge, personal challenge that she's working through and we all get to learn from it, I think. Mm -hmm. And I agree the way she stands for what she stands for. and, And I, I am, I'm in a line with her beliefs too. And it's, oh, it's just, it's helpful for me. And she wears your earrings very well too, by the way. Oh, yay. Oh, so there's an embarrassing story there. Um, <clears throat> when I was first starting out, I brought some of my first products to a local shop I was selling vintage at. And she, Lisa came and visited in Salt Lake. I think she was doing some sort of um, conference or something. I can't remember. Yeah. And she bought some earrings and she went home and they broke. And she emailed <laughs> oh. me. And I was so embarrassed. Oh my gosh. I was so, so embarrassed. Um, So I sent her new ones, but it was such a learning curve at that start, like figuring how to cure earrings properly. Yeah. Oh man, that was a challenge. Um, So I don't know. She was so nice about it. I was, I was like, oh man, this person I look up to bought some of my earrings and they broke. Uh, my heart was shattered. <laughs> oh my gosh. What a, that's, so a, nice. that's, just, that's like a chill moment. It's like, oh my God. But the cool yeah. thing is she didn't just, she reached out and she loved him uh-huh. enough to say, I really want to 
to have these have these again. That's very yes. cool. So she was super nice about it. And um, at the time I was like, oh, well, they're clay. They're supposed to be fragile, but that's not true. Um, they're polymer clay. So it's a plastic based clay. They're supposed right. to be flexible. I mean, right. not indestructible, but flexible. Right. It shouldn't right. break. So that led me down to like this path of really figuring out the curing process and the science behind baking them, which is yeah. all in my book too. Like if you're having issues with, with breakage, I can tell you it's very frustrating and embarrassing. And um, so, yeah, that's in my book. I can help you problem solve that. And I was just grateful for people who gave me a second chance and yeah. I love that. That's a good full circle story for sure. And she, yeah, she talk about color, man. She embraces it. So that's a perfect match. Yeah. I love her stuff. She's so fun. Um, I love that. It's like, it's just non-traditional too. just a fun, just a fun style. Yeah. Um, and let's see who else. I have a friend, Stacy, who really inspires me. She's the owner of Mineral and Matter, which is a jewelry store in Salt Lake. She has several locations and she just inspires me. She's a personal friend. So I see her as a mom and a friend and a business nice. owner yeah. and just seeing people succeed. And like I was saying, I have a hard time, um, you know, managing outside of myself, but she's a total boss. She has like over 20 employees. I'm sure more than that. She like manages this, this huge business in a big scale and has at least two locations and is really taking chances on her dreams. And I'm just really inspired by her. And I'm not saying that I want to do that because I know myself, I just love seeing her succeed and taking chances and just being a total boss. I love it. She has a great, I did not know about um, mineral and matter until you mentioned it. So I looked her up and, oh my gosh, delicious, really interesting, gorgeous jewelry, beautiful, uh, you know, all sorts of good things in there. She definitely has a vision. So I'm glad you mentioned her. She does. And I think, I don't know if I'm allowed to share or not, but she's got some really cool things coming up. Um, Yeah. I don't know if I can say it or not, but just keep an eye out on her. She's, she's doing amazing things. Oh, that's awesome. Mineral and matter. We'll have all these in the show notes too. And you, you mentioned one more. Do you want to share one more? Yeah. Um, I mean, I mentioned my mom. She's, I mean, I, I'm sure that's kind of cheesy to say, but it's true. I think it's awesome. She's just one of those humans that, um, she just goes after things like she, my mom and dad moved to Arkansas. My dad works at Arkansas State University. And um, my mom, she ran a daycare in our home growing up for years and years. And then they moved out there and they were able to buy a house on a on a golf course. Um, and she, my mom got to retire. And I'm so like happy for her. Yeah. And she picked up golfing. And now she like has won her LGA golf tournaments like two, three years in a row. Wow. She's like picked it up and she is just wonderful. And I don't know. I just think it's really neat that, that she just kind of goes for these things. Cause she's like, well, now that it's just me and your dad and he wants to golf every day, I want to spend time with him. And she's just really thoughtful like that too. She always puts family first and she's also very creative. Like she's always been super into crafts growing up. She would make bows. Do you remember in the nineties yes. where kids wore those we huge bows? bows? Yes. 
So I just remember sitting with her. She would make bows and we'd sit on the floor and like help her do that. And she's just one of those people that she'll like whip out like my brother's wedding. She'll just like put it together and it's amazing. And she's super humble too. She doesn't even know how awesome she is. Um, She's just giving and she's creative. And I feel like a lot of my confidence comes from her just giving me the space to, to wear weird things you know, (laughs) and to do my hair, how, whatever I wanted and to be creative and make a mess and like paint my room and put holes in the walls. I look back and I'm like, wow, she was really chill. I don't know if I could have done that. That's so great. (laughs) Such chill, creative moms. I have a chill, creative mom too. I mean, they shape us, you know, they really really do. do. They really do. I, I feel very fortunate to have her as a mom. Oh, that's so great. Well, I can't wait to continue to follow along, Rachel, and thank you for what you pour into what you love to do, because it really does make a difference more than you know. Well, thank you. Um, I really appreciate you giving me the space to, to talk about things I'm passionate about. So thank you for asking me to do this. I think we all benefit. Thanks, Rachel. And I know we'll, we'll talk more. Thank you. Before you go, I just want to say a quick thanks for tuning in. I hope you found something useful to take away and something to make you think. For those of you listening in on Spotify, and I know there are many, you now have the cool option to show your love for Windowsill Chats quickly and easily. From the show page in the Spotify app, you can simply tap to rate it one to five stars. And of course, I'll really appreciate it too if you leave a review wherever you might be listening. See you next week, lovelies, and I hope it's a creative one.